everybody, and welcome back to Star Horrors. Half off pork wings when you buy a lap dance. My name is Sawyer, <laughs> otherwise known as Sawyerism on TikTok and Instagram. And I'm Hannah, also known as Discount Bo-Katan on TikTok. And today we have a very special episode, hopefully the first of many. It's the Double Dyad Show, and Yee! I'm sure that you know both of these lovely humans who are with us today. But in case you don't, uh, will you both please introduce yourselves, tell us where we can find you, and your favorite thing about Star Wars. Hmm. Well, I am Darth Chaco. Um my favorite thing about Star Wars is, well, sorry, you can find me on on, on TikTok and also on uh, the High Ground podcast, as well as Diet in the Force, Dyad in the Force, I should mirror that. Um, and uh, yeah, talk a lot about Star Wars on YouTube and all this, this other stuff. But my favorite thing about Star Wars has to be uh, the, the depth, like when they even talk about this in like the the first documentary uh, about it where george lucas would come back with, with like notebooks and binders full of like political like lore and all this stuff that's never gonna make it in any of the films but all this stuff is created behind the scenes he was able to successfully create an entire world rather than just like a a story and i think that world is extremely intriguing so uh, yeah, the depth and the lore for me. I'm Element7. Uh, you can find me on TikTok, underscore Element7, underscore. You can find me on Interspersed in the Star Wars podcast, the High Ground podcast, and my very own podcast with Darth Chaco, Diet in the Force. Um, I've got my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Element7S, uh, and I talk about Star Wars and now anime. Uh uh, it's it's new to the channel, but uh, uh, I'm hoping to build it up. My favorite thing about Star Wars is the Force and the characters that have to contend with such a thing. And uh, that includes everything involving those characters, the stories that they have to you know participate in, the themes, the larger themes surrounding the Force, and all of the moral compass and moral themes that go with contending with such a, a machine and uh, i guess what i just said is my favorite thing about star wars is star wars <laughs> that makes i mean yeah that you know that's the center point and how apt that that is your favorite <laughs> thing about star wars because that is what we are here to talk about all of that good stuff um let's talk about uh the force for for an hour or so how does that sound that's great <laughs> Great. That's a, that's a heavy subject, but uh, the this group of people, I think, is the best to kind of attack it. So, where do we want to start? Let's uh, let's let's start with the the elephant in all of the rooms that exist in the world. <laughs> Chaka, I'm pretty sure you know what I'm where I'm going with this. I'm, I'm out in ask, the cold. <laughs> what what exactly balance in the force means? Is that where you're headed? Where your head's at? Yes. I mean, there's, there's a, there's a, a sub, specific subtopic. Yeah, there's a subtopic that goes with it. But yes, balance, of course. You can start there. Yeah, let's talk balance. I mean, there is this tendency to um, 
I guess when we're t- when anyone's talking about balance in the force to cite the chosen one um, prophecy, right? Like he will bring balance. He is going to, he is the chosen one because he will bring balance. Um, and it's, it's been like sort of hotly contested as to whether Anakin did bring balance, whether he had brought balance and then the sequels undid that balance. Um, and there, there seems to be like no one ubiquitous definition of what that balance might look like. Um, the one that I've heard most commonly is like equal light, equal dark. Like, yeah, uh, Anakin did bring balance because I, um, uh, by executing Order 66 with Palpatine because there were as many Sith as there were Jedi. Um, and I know that that is something that you guys don't really agree with in terms of the, that interpretation of what balance is. So I want to, I want to, I want you guys to tell me your definitions. Uh, well, I mean, it's, it's not really up for debate anymore. Uh, Filoni and Lucas have, you know, defined it rather clearly. Um, Filoni more recently was talking about the, the flow of the force and how, how it can exist unimpeded. And I think that is what Chaco and I have subscribed to. Um, that's the concept of balance, um, for the longest time. And so, yeah, as you mentioned, the amount of Sith and the amount of Jedi is irrelevant. Um, even the chosen one is irrelevant. The chosen one, I would, I would, I've always said that the chosen one was a, a device for purpose and not for power. And, you know, mm-hmm. it, it goes against a lot of people's notions that the chosen one is destined for great power, but I... Well, elaborate on that, like, choice for purpose. Purpose within the story to, like, flesh out Anakin or purpose within, like, the world? Well, you can kind of think of it like Lord of the Rings, um, where where Frodo is the one who has to bear this burden. Um, in that sense, he would be considered a chosen one. And that's essentially what it is, is you are the one that needs to do this thing. Um, but you don't get extra powers. You don't get like some sort of, when, when people are like, oh, of course, Anakin could do that. He's the chosen one. That doesn't make any sense. That's like saying, oh, of course, Frodo can do that. Uh, he has to hold this ring. Like he's getting wrecked this entire time. Yeah. So, Doug Katniss can shoot an arrow. She's the Mockingjay, obviously. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, exactly. It's not, <laughs> it's not the source of anything or source of any power. So when I cite like um, the chosen one prophecy as a device for purpose, th- that just delineates what Anakin Anakin's purpose is. But the source of his power is something entirely different. He is a virgence. Okay. That so within lore, a virgence is just where the force just kind of like congregates, right? And so in Anakin's case, he is a virgence, therefore it explains his power. The chosen one um, prophecy doesn't give him the power, he's just the that that very virgence. So his purpose is to bring balance. How he does it that's open for interpretation and something that we've discussed for decades now but it is not eliminating the sith it's not eliminating the jedi although they are ancillary you know to that uh method and so for the longest time the jedi had just served the will of the force and that's it but in so in so you know aligning themselves with the republic they had more 
serve the Republic, approaching the fall of the Jedi Age, instead of serving the Force. And so, you know, one could argue that this was part of the will of the Force to eradicate the Jedi. And I know it's not about eliminating the Jedi, but that is, of course, the the result or the outcome of those those sequence of events. And then, you know, Anakin, again, being the chosen one, had to listen to the will of the Force. And it was up to him to act on it. And that's when Luke shows up. So for the longest time, it's imbalanced towards the light. And Luke is, you know, he's in hiding. Anakin doesn't know anything about it. So Anakin has no real purpose to listen to the will, hear it, and... Um, and this is a topic that I've been talking about for a while on my channel. Um, the, the, the existence of, of a will of the force does not remove free will. It is up to those who can hear it to act on that will. And the, the force itself doesn't have like this overarching plan, like the threads of fate, right? It's just, I want to be in balance. Stop messing with me. That's the force. <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> yeah. Kind of like water is always trying to reach that state of equilibrium. Um, but but yeah, I mean, coming back to, to what it is, right? We know that it is, uh, it's both uh, physical and spiritual in nature. And it's the energy field uh, that is created by life, by life itself, and it, you know, attaches itself to life forms. It's basically life energy. So once you frame it like that, then you understand that balance is related to the continuation of life more than it is to trying to be equal between light and dark or between Jedi and Sith, especially when you consider that there are other Force users that aren't Jedi and Sith. Uh, in, in the galaxy it wouldn't make any sense so i kind of love how luke says that in the last jedi like to believe that the light belongs to the jedi uh, is is vanity you know absolutely so is that to say that there could be balance without the existence of sith because sith are you know they abuse the force they use it you know for their own you know that's their whole thing so <clears throat> the reason i say that it's not about the sith or the jedi is because the sith are the are not always but the main perpetrators of throwing the force out of balance because um as george lucas says it's about selfless and selfish and the sith are all about selfish and so they're always impeding the, the will of the force impeding its ability to flow so if the jedi are there and we're talking about like the idealistic Jedi, not the fall of the Jedi prequel era Jedi, the high Republic Jedi, the oftentimes, you know, when you read the books and you'll find this out, Hannah, <laughs> I know uh, I, you guys keep bullying me, but Hey, look, even though I haven't picked the book up in like a month or so, that's like an eighth of the way in that I did get. So, yeah, but, but you know, if you wait too long, you're going to have to restart it. Cause you won't remember. Yeah. and so I'm what we find out what we find out in 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 the in the high republic jedi is that there are moments where they push against the force they 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 demand answers they demand it to show them things and then they're like wait no this isn't the way they have to take a step back they have to listen to it and let the force give them the answers 
and so what we see in the in you know the prequel jedi is that they're all about take 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 and and serving the purpose of the republic and it's the same way with the jedi so when when people say number of jedi number of sith it's it's sort of like a a, a misnomer or or something it's maybe that's the wrong term but the the sith more than anything will throw it out of balance just because their sole purpose is to be selfish and their sole purpose is to bend the force so if the jedi exist and all they're doing is just listening to the force and just being there they're not impeding its flow they're not doing anything the sith just by existence by practice and by code they're always going to do that and they do it intentionally uh, and, and that's why I always kind of, you know, harken back to this, this energy, you know, of life versus death. Uh, in, in Rogue One, um, it's remarked that the dark side was around uh, Cassian when he was intending to kill Jen's father. It's, uh, I think that the best examples of it is actually watching the Mortis arc on the Clone Wars. Because when they arrive on the Mortis planet, the light side is there and the dark side is there and they are in balance. It's life and death that gives, you know, and, and rebirth. It's that continuing cycle. And that's not and, Sith, you know, that's not Sith and Jedi. It's just light and dark. It, it, exactly. But what happens as you watch that arc, the sun starts to get a little big for his bridges. And because of his actions, he starts to tip the balance towards the dark. And if he goes, if everything goes full dark, then essentially life would cease to exist there. We, we, we kind of saw that starting to happen. But, you know, the daughter who only served the light, she was in, she was with the father the entire time. By the way, the father in this doesn't represent balance. He is the force itself in its entirety. Oh, I, um, I always took him as the Bendu or like the... Oh. Well, he's not the Bendu, but yeah. I mean, I guess that makes more sense than... I mean, that's why he's not the middle child. He's the father. Both yeah. of these come from him. Gotcha. Uh, but yeah, so the daughter doesn't alter the balance by being the light, by serving just the light. She's actually working alongside uh, with the father while the son is resisting. And that is the son's resistance is what causes the imbalance. So uh, again, yes, the Sith are major factors in it but being Sith in and of itself uh isn't the imbalance it's them trying to subject the force to their will rather than um than allowing it to flow freely through them you know yoda says that the force is my ally and a powerful ally it is it is a there's a symbiotic relationship um which is you know kind of why when Luke was having trouble, you know, lifting the X-Wing, because Luke didn't understand that he is not lifting the X-Wing. The Force is lifting the X-Wing. He's merely asking it to work with him. Yeah, and I think that that idea of um, getting a little too big for their britches um, in terms of, like, you know, the Sith trying to control the Force and trying to um, harness it in the incorrect way, leading to imbalance. Do you think that that could be said for like the prequel era Jedi um, where I know that they weren't really trying to like wrench the force with all of their might, but at the same time, you know, they, they were sort of acting 
in in like the interest of the order a lot of the time um well i mean i think they were acting in the interest of the republic first and yeah. foremost which is the problem it became politically right. driven and that's almost you know to say that they were i mean they weren't sith but they were trying to you know use the force for a like particular goal which is i would say kind of similar to this idea of using the force instead of letting it flow through you I mean, like, should should the Jedi have tried to oppose Maul on, on Mandalore, you know, when they sent Ahsoka? Uh, technically, yeah, they, they should. If there's if they're serving the force, then yes, they would they would try to go up against Maul. But there's the political ramifications of this is a neutral world. We have other stuff to do. Right now the Chancellor is a priority target. Um, and I don't disagree with their decision but they they were using the force not to serve life itself at this point in time they're using it to serve the republic and they believed that serving the republic was the best thing for everyone it's the best thing for the galaxy but again that's that's when you get off base because you're like ah my goal is to do this but i think doing this is the best way to do that no they still need to be focused on doing this and mm-hmm. I think they were largely clouded as well yeah. to that end because we, we do have canon confirmation that the, the Jedi Temple on Coruscant, spoiler alert for Into the Dark. Uh, the... Should I should I take out my... No, no, I mean, no, no, it doesn't ruin anything. <laughs> this is your penance for not reading them when you were supposed uh, to. The Jedi Temple was built on top of a Sith um, Sith shrine. And so underneath the temple is a virgins of dark side. So they thought they could contain it. Um, I mean, I probably would if I was a master back then. It's like, ah, oh, we can we can do this. That's fine. I uh, got this. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, no, I, I think I think that largely has to do with, you know, their ability to be clouded by the dark side in the prequels. I mean, you know. <laughs> Yoda says as much in the prequels and um, Palpatine is able to maneuver freely, conceal himself, conceal his motives and actions. And just everyone's in his office and he's just like, who could be doing all of this? And then they're like, it was Palpatine all along. <laughs> like, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think it has largely to do with that, that shrine. And I think on, well, on a similar topic as to, you know, the distractions of the Jedi and their, you know their priorities impeding their ability to um to to pursue what is really light and good all the time um somebody in the chat just brought up how yoda you know said that oh well you know stopping slavery is not a priority it it doesn't really give us political gain whereas objectively that would be the selfless light noble thing that one should try to aim their efforts toward um were the Jedi sort of uncorrupted by this political angle. So I think, thank you, Julia, Christine, that's a great example. And that, I mean, that goes right along with what Chaco said about, you know, yeah, they should have gone to stop Maul on Mandalore. They didn't because that was not a politically driven decision. It was a neutral planet. They wanted nothing to do with that. So, I mean, there's a stark difference between the Jedi and the High Republic. I mean, we've already established that, but uh, I think a lot of people myself included did not have a you know i always people would ask me oh are you would you be a jedi or a sith and i would be inclined to say sith until the high republic because what went on in the jedi order in the prequels was you know it seemed very 
you know, manipulative. It wasn't, a, you know, it wasn't these great, you know, servants of the force, servants of peace that, you know, Obi-Wan and the originals had claimed them to be. So, I mean, I think, yeah, it, it, it was it was a breath of fresh air to start the High Republic and see all of these Jedi, you know, being Jedi um, for, for a long time. I was not super crazy about them. <laughs> and there's this tendency to see them as just like monks and kind of like you focus on the the celibacy angle, which is not even really a celibacy angle, but like, you know, a, a, a lack of um, encouragement toward a, attachment. Um, They're not celibate. There's... Read into the dark. <laughs> Ooh. Zesty. Okay. Um, well, <laughs> some spicy anyway. stuff happening in the, in the behind the scenes. Ooh. <laughs> Into the dark, indeed. <laughs> um, but It'll make you a fan of Geode. <laughs> has nothing to do. No. Cool. I, I hope. I hope. Hey, he goes to parties. He's getting around. Like you don't know what he's up to in his free time. That's true. That's true. Like completely in the dark here. Um, <laughs> so, uh, anyway, but yeah, I mean, it, there's this like perception by i guess like the fandom or um yeah by the fandom that it's like a uh it's the there are the people who are like yeah they're the good guys so they're the good guys and then there are the people who are like the jedi suck they're boring Woo! and um it, it's kind of like it depends on i suppose which era you are looking at there because i don't think that like those rules were such a well, I mean, they're kind of like a, a big deal in KOTOR, um, as in Bastila, you know, is like, I don't want to give in to my feelings for you. But also, you know, there have, because of KOTOR, there has been a time where marriage between Jedi was allowed. So it's not necessarily always what sort we of. think. Of. Well, no. Okay. Yeah. 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 I will say this. Um, Old Republic writers, they were huge Sith fans. High Republic writers are Jedi fans. If you if you read the the old Republic books, you'll you'll know you'll know Drew. He, every time he he writes about uh, a dark sider and his perspective versus a light sider, it's like, uh, okay, come on now. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're being a little bit fantastical here, even though even though it is a fantastical story, but uh, there's a stark difference between reading um, writers. Claudia write a lightsider with you know dark side tendencies and and you know conflict within them versus Drew who is just he he writes good books but he's a huge huge fanboy for Sith. Oh yeah. And I'm uh, sure that's where a lot of people got their start <laughs> standing Siths to begin with. I mean, I don't blame him, but it even gets I mean just, you know, I just finished KOTOR too and that speaking of that you know you know thinking about force users who aren't necessarily Jedi or Sith there are some really interesting implications about what the force is and what it you know is supposed to be in KOTOR 2 um but going back because there is some missing information there that I wanted and you know Element had sent me this whole you know timeline that they released after the game came or for the game to come out and every single entry is like this Sith Lord and this Sith Lord and this Sith Lord and this Jedi became a Sith Lord and this Jedi like you know it's just <laughs> 
yeah and there's there's also um there's also the 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 big fact that i mean that the jedi were placed into a big trap um the jedi would largely be negotiators for different parties that would be at war but what happens when one party is a bunch of robots and they're slaughtering people well then they protectors of life they are going to get involved and they're going to protect the living people and that's what actually brought them into this whole entire conflict to begin with um happened in KOTOR they just said you know we don't care about the Mandalorians they just keep killing people we don't care (laughs) (laughs) well okay um so there's a little bit of there's a little bit of context around why they did what they did uh, around that time. I mean, they had just gotten out of another war. They were trying to uh, pace themselves. They didn't want to go into another one. And Revan was like, nah, bro, we're going. Uh, So uh, yeah, I don't, I don't. And and, and again, this, this, it all comes back to like, what i mean what is the right or or wrong answer yes by getting involved revan helped them win that war then he fell to the dark side which is what they were trying to prevent and then he almost conquered the whole galaxy so i mean in the end most cases we find out that like now they were they were actually right this this whole time (laughs) um and so that's why i I always think it's funny I was think it's funny when people, you know, stand Sith and they're like, oh, well, the, the Jedi were wrong and the Sith are, are the good people because the, the Jedi got involved in politics and stuff like that. And you're like, a Sith Lord was ruling. <laughs> like, talk about being involved in politics. It was being run by a Sith Lord, both sides of the war. So, like, I don't know. That's it's a super weird argument to, to me, but uh, to each their own. Absolutely. Um, and I also think it has largely to do the, the misunderstandings behind balance in the force has largely to do with the use of the word balance. Unfortunately, I don't have enough clout to change that or recontextualize that. Uh, I, I, I would ra- much rather use the terms constants and fluctuation, but you know, balance implies a shifting of a scale at some point, but uh, it's, it's whatever. I'll drop that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and then I guess maybe that is sort of where that scale imagery is where I'm going to, I'm going to bring up the Bendu again, because this is, this is the thing I still don't understand at all. Um, The, uh, the idea that, you know, you've got the dark side weight here and the light side weight here, and there's got to be something in the middle. Um, Gray Jedi. That's the answer. Oh my God. I know you guys are such fans of gray Jedi. (laughs) (laughs) Oh dear. (laughs) But um, yeah, I just like, it it is something that I have tried to figure out how it fits in there. How, how, um, how like this, but it, but it exists. Does it not? No. It, no. <laughs> really? Oh, and, and that's that's the funny thing about about it is all of the people who talk about gray Jedi, it's all stuff that they've learned on Wikipedia, and it, it really, you know, even among you know legends. Yeah, I've read 130 legends book 
there's no gray Jedi. Well, no, <laughs> in, I, I wasn't talking books. about it's gray Jedi. About, I was um, talking about. I wasn't talking about gray Jedi so much as like the concept of like a. Uh, because uh, I know that the the concept of gray Jedi is like you're allowed to use the dark and the light side, which is like not two things that can exist uh, in the same. The sentence. only reason but, that exists, in my opinion, is because in those games you can use a dark side power even if you're light side affiliated. Yeah. And that's where it comes from: is video games, so you can use force lightning uh, and not have it and like slaughter people with it but not have it be a bad thing <laughs> yeah it, it is largely video game ex machina but even in those games they don't mention it like it's just it, it's it's just a mechanic where you can see your 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 uh, alignment on a chart but it's not it doesn't say oh you are now a great jedi i mean there's great jedi robes and whatever like who cares it's they don't even, I mean, yeah, you're like, they don't explain it. You just, you know, you click on an enemy, it says Dark Jedi. What the hell is that? I don't know. <laughs> but also, a lot of the things are the video games of old are, are like that. Like, like lightsaber color meanings. Oh, you are, you are a sentinel. You have a yellow. As soon as you choose that, you can go to the workbench and put something else in there. That's exactly what I did. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Did was... everyone here get sentinel in that quiz? Yeah. Seriously? Oh, the, the the Kyber Crystal quiz when you talk to like Master um, Vorak or whichever one you talk to. Oh no! L last time I was I was doing a very specific soldier build uh, so I can have one extremely overpowered attack that wrecks everything. Oh. So on all the quizzes, it was like, uh, and then I hit them with my lightsaber. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, I definitely, I think that there is probably a statistic if most people get Sentinel, because a lot of, I mean, there is, that. I mean, that quiz doesn't mean anything, but like, I don't know. Yeah, I think that's a common thing to get, but we all went to the workbench and changed our color. Yeah. I mean, I, I might have purposefully chose or purposefully led myself into the sentinel path just because i wanted like a yellow lightsaber but then i <laughs> as soon as i found an orange one i mean i, I think I you get if you it. go consular you get more force right it's that's the mage and like, yeah stuff like that yeah. so <clears throat> but, anyway. but anyway video games aside and perception of video games aside there so there is no neutral force because i, I we were just having this conversation the other day about Bendu the Moose Man from Rebels and how, you know, um <laughs> he he call he he is meant to like represent balance, I I suppose. Would that would that be all light balance? Because he's named after this idea that George Lucas had of this thing between the dark side and the light side. So that I guess is just it's throwing me. Yeah. So if if something is hot and something is cold, the thing in the middle is not both hot and cold <laughs> it's 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 in between the two it's its own thing mm -hmm. um a medium-sized shirt is not both a large shirt and a small shirt together it's it's neither uh so the bendu is in the middle and that's it's it's true um there's actually a really good canon story inside of the legends of luke skywalker book where luke during his adventures he finds this other force sensitive group and they essentially they they are like like the the bendu and they don't use the the dark they don't really use the light but they they understand it they feel it's it's flow they call the force uh the current and they 
basically trust that the current will connect them to what they need to when they need when they need it. Um, I always try to liken it to a river, right? You can be like the Jedi that work with the river. You know, maybe you can build something along it and use the river to help pass your materials from one side to the other and things like that. You could be like the Sith who build a dam and they try to control it, which, you know, leads to destruction of the ecosystem, you know, down, down further. Or you can be like the Bendu who is like the, the fat guy at the water park and just <laughs> sits in the lazy river all day and goes around just going with the flow. Yeah. That's, that's the Bendu. He rides the tide. Uh, Zepho. They, they call the forest, the, the life wind. Um, every, every culture, I, I don't, I think the, no, the Lasat serve Ashla, but, um, every culture has this concept of something that moves, needs to move freely, whether it's wind, water, or earth, or have you. Fire. <laughs> yeah. And, We're the uh, heart. Um, <laughs> and Bender's in the middle. Yeah. So like, and, and, and if we go all the way back to like the, the legend story of the dawn of the Jedi, they had, they had, they were on Tython and there was two moons. And uh, when people would venture into the light or into the dark, they'd be exiled on the vergences of, of opposing forces so that they would come back to the middle. And so there is, there's often a misconception that the middle is is gray or both and um, what people need to understand moving forward from now like right now i demand you to uh <laughs> that the middle is its own place so if he's if, if someone is ashla like ahsoka and if someone is bogan like sidious then bendu is bendu in the middle so who is bendu for anyone unfamiliar with Gidus, please look him up right now g-e-e-d-i-s but that's a non sequitur um it could be related though i mean i'm just i'm just saying uh no what one more thing to to add to it is um and uh, another canon book legends of uh, secrets of the jedi you know luke talks about how the most balanced thing is is children right they use the access to force without alignment um that doesn't mean that they are bending the force to their will it's that your kid can have a tantrum they can be angry they can feel the negative emotions they're not blocked off from it but they aren't harnessing that to bend the force to their will to serve their own ends um, and to, to satisfy their own greed. Like that's, that's the difference. We also see a little bit of that in season six of the Clone Wars where Yoda has his trial and his big trial is accepting his own darkness. When he sees it, he's like, I don't even know what that thing is. It's a weird <laughs> shadow gremlin. Shadow Yoda. <laughs> um, he's like, I, I don't even. <laughs> that frog you... did a little extra ketamine today. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, he's <laughs> dream have... about riding the dragon, I guess. But um, no, no. It, in order to move on, he had to accept his darkness. Doesn't mean he's using the dark side, but you're recognizing and accepting it uh, in order to have a complete view, which also kind of goes back to Rey in The Last Jedi when she's understanding the force of 
it's between you know light and dark happiness and sadness life and death and all that stuff um those things do remain in balance but it doesn't equate to using the dark side and so we must uh we must declare i do declare that uh great jedi is not possible you cannot use the dark side and what about what about anyone watching this sorry just real quick i have to say for anyone watching this this isn't me an element making this stuff up or saying you know and in my opinion you can't do this is this is literally the the story groups behind lucasfilm's decision the dark clouds the light they don't and the light clouds the dark it's kind of like a (laughs) (laughs) i'm trying to think of the word video game (laughs) <laughs> you just can't do it you're gonna get corrupted and the, the 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 concept itself being gray or using the dark side without falling prey to its hunger to its demand of more of you ruins anakin's redemption more than palpatine returning absolutely i think no, cold take. <laughs> if, if if Anakin fell to the dark side trying to save the ones that he loves, right? Well, if he could use the dark side and just not be bad, like did he not think of that? I'll just not be bad. You know what I mean? That like that literally ruins his, his whole arc. If you could just be like, oh, I just won't be bad, but I'll just use the dark side, you know? Yeah. That's that's very true. Yeah, I, I yeah, that definitely does. Um, but I'm saying, you know, I, people are not always going to agree with it. But um, okay, in terms of like gray Jedi as a label, obviously, yeah, it, it's oxymoronic to you know uh, as, assume that well, I don't know if that's the right word, but um, that you can use both things because they, by nature of one, you know, by nature of each, they cloud the other um, because they are opposites. However. Could there hypothetically going forward be a quote unquote gray Jedi that does not that, hold on that does not adhere to the terms that people have already assigned it based off of like fighting games where you can use dark side and light side abilities where there is there are like a legion of people who wield the Bendu? Do you think that might ever happen? I mean, no, there would never would be a legion that? of Bendu because they're just. <laughs> They're just chilling. They're vibing. There's no. It's like the Blue Lanterns. They can't do anything. (laughs) They're cool. If they they use the force, if they use the force in any which way, they're using the light or the dark, right? No. Well, you can't just use the force and have it be nothing. You can use the force. Isn't telekinesis or uh, not? Yeah. Yeah, telekinesis. You can, you can that use like the Bendu. You can use the Bendu. You can use the Force for menial tasks. You can like how the Bendu uses it to create a storm that that is indiscriminate. Well, you anything. know I'm not that far in Rebels. Uh, the True. Bendu, the Bendu lifts things. It doesn't matter if you lift something; it's not going to impede the Force. It's not going to benefit or disadvantage disadvantage anybody. Uh. But no, I don't. I don't see the Bendu uprising anytime soon. There's no legion of, of people riding the tide and just being like, "I'm tired of this," <laughs> and just rising up. <laughs> what you're describing is an army of hippies 
<laughs> I mean, <laughs> okay, maybe maybe I should have said like a cult or a coven of some kind, a group, an yeah, organization. But there is, there is that what I was describing in that Legends of Luke Skywalker book. That's there's a whole group of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they they get really mad at Luke. They're like, why? They're like, you have the strongest connection to the tide we've ever seen. But why do you insist on trying to command it? Why don't? Why can't you trust that it's it's going to help you when it needs to? Like, why can't you just trust that? And that's that's their whole that's their whole thing. And that's what is. Mm. So Bendu is no when Bendu is when no channeling the force. <laughs> uh, Bendu is letting the force do its thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think. Uh... I, I did a video on it recently. I think it was a stitch to Julia Christine, um, as Lucas describes, um, light, dark, and middle being selfless, selfish, and ambivalence. And if you can wrap your head around being ambivalent towards anything or apathetic, then you've got Bendu. Yeah. Um, and then also, I mean, I guess what while we're <laughs> while we're here <laughs> for for general <laughs> housekeeping. Um, there was this other thought in terms of Grey Jedi that it also means someone that just disagrees with the council, uh, with the Jedi council in general. Um, and that's, that's not a, that's not a thing <laughs> though, because you can disagree, you know, Qui-Gon, they asked him to join the council because he disagreed and they're like, we should probably use some, some fresh voices on it. You can outright defy them. Quinlan Voss def- defied them all the time. Rail Avaros defied them all the time. Um, you know, as soon as Obi-Wan became a knight, he was like, I'm taking Anakin. And it was just like, God damn it. <laughs> All right, I guess whatever you do, you. But he uh, inherited the power of the council at that very moment. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm gonna train Anakin, whether you like it or not. And then Yoda, having just come off of saying the 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 council does not does not agree with this, and then he's like, "Well, I'm going to do it anyway." He's like, "Fine, the council infers <laughs> the authority to train Anakin." So, like, it's. I think a lot of people. Uh, I've said this before, a lot of people have a complicated relationship with organized religion and they overlay their experience with Catholicism or whatever on top of the Jedi uh, and pretend like, okay, these were the rules that were put on me at this time. So I'm assuming these are the same for the Jedi. That's why people believe they have to be celibate. They believe you can't defy the council and, and all this stuff. But we find out that you can... You know, we just had this awesome story about Orla who uh, decides that she, I mean, she disagreed with with the council and she's going to go be a Jedi wayfinder, wayseeker, wayseeker. I did that and, the other day. <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah, and, Jedi wayfinder. And she's like, how can a Jedi be a wayfinder? <laughs> I, I, I was like, what did I miss in the in this book I didn't read yet? <laughs> Although, if, a bit. if someone well, does... okay, I mean, in terms of transfiguration. <laughs> if someone uh, goes through what Mari Santeca did, you could be a, a wayfinder. But that's a whole side topic. Um, but for, for a wayseeker, they are still a Jedi. Still going to go around doing Jedi stuff. But they're a distance from the council. They're exploring their own relationship with the Force. You know, they can also take the bearish vow, which is... I am 
you know, it's I'm just going to explore my relationship with the Force and not necessarily go around doing Jedi stuff. But yeah, there's all sorts of options. Uh, you are not required to agree with them. Absolutely. I do want to address um, Fern in the chat, though. Um, Yoda, Yoda is not the Pope. He is not, but he is, <laughs> he is amazing. Okay. He, he obviously fallible, you know, he is not a video game character. Uh, he makes mistakes and he failed the order. Um, this is true, but you know, he is also 900 or was 900 years old. And for most of the centuries he was alive, he, he trained thousands of younglings and took care of everyone and was just the nicest being in the world. So yes, he's not the Pope. He's not perfect. Um, but Yoda gets, Yoda gets a hat for effort. You know, he's, <laughs> you can't really like, you know, just kind of slap him for, for what he's done. <laughs> and even I, I mean, that, it I was going to say, even saying that implies the Pope would be perfect. Well, you know, I mean, people are people. People are humans. It's And Yoda is not either of those things. Or I guess he's a people, but he's not a human. But, you know, like <laughs> as far as we're concerned, he functions more or less the same way. So it's kind of like impossible to hold that standard to any, any sentient being. Yeah. And and I think that's, that's the ultimate... Um, one of the ultimate purposes of Star Wars in general is to show that, you know, no organization is perfect. No people are perfect, uh, but you still, you know, we choose the light because it's the light, uh, dis despite being imperfect. There are people or organizations that are straight up evil, <laughs> but there's no equal on the opposite side that's perfect. Yeah. And uh, I like recently, Ryan Johnson also, uh, and we'll cover this more in depth on Diet in the Force, but uh, he, he came out and defended his decisions for Luke in The Last Jedi because someone tweeted out this essay basically saying he wouldn't do this. You know, if you read the essay, you could replace the whole thing with he wouldn't do this. And Ryan Johnson said, I, I, respectfully disagree because you what you've basically done is reduced luke skywalker to a video game character with a binary power-up that he is just no longer no longer going to address uh growth mistakes and pr progress you know and uh you know this is this is of course a debate on opinion on someone's character but i appreciate i appreciate someone being broken um, someone who isn't, as we are talking about, you know, KOTOR and all these video game concepts, who doesn't just get this level up, this binary power up, and suddenly they are, you know, they are immune from mistake, immune from challenge. Uh, and, I, and I find myself having to say this a lot, especially if I'm, you know, if there's like civil discourse in my comments, he, when people complain that, oh, so Luke didn't learn his lessons, like, no, he did, but come back in 30 years and let me know when you stop learning lessons. Yeah. Because no, no, something, something between Return and The Last Jedi, something happened to Luke that he, he learned about 
who failed his father to begin with. He learned about the Jedi Order, and that very order failed him in upon rebuilding. And so it, it, it allowed him to create Kylo Ren. And, you know, we have to think about all of these things that we go through in life that inform how we act and what challenges are thrown our way and how we overcome them. And personally, as a fan of The Last Jedi, even though we've kind of like uh, just veered into this territory just on my whim, sorry, uh, that, uh, you know, uh, I appreciate heroes who are as broken as we are. And it's just a great view into someone um, as a role model that can overcome those challenges and give us that path. back to the light i I think that people tend to forget because it's a fictional universe that these people are not perfect heroes i mean even if you take a look at marvel dc and superheroes they're not perfect either that's not how it works and we couldn't possibly begin to relate to these people unless they're flawed because humanity is flawed so i mean i saw nothing wrong with what happened in the last jedi and i know you guys definitely didn't but you know it's it, it kind of goes back to the anakin thing well he's the chosen one so you know he has to do this and this and this no it doesn't work like that <laughs> and let's i mean i i did want to say um that i mean it, it's ironic that they're like he was too flawed he made too many mistakes but Ray wasn't flawed enough and she didn't make any mistakes um, <laughs> in the yeah. same breath. Um, but without falling down that rabbit hole, um, to go back to the Anakin thing that you just brought up, I do want to kind of talk about um, this chosen one thing from the other a- a- angle than the one we already have talked about. The one is from the, the balance in the force thing, but then the other is born of the force. And I know that there are like a lot of working theories um, about what that is and that the wrong theory is that it's Palpatine. Um, and the, I mean, I, I'm, I'm personally team. It was Darth Plagueis. 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 Um, Plagiarism. <laughs> or TikTok, you know, when I did that video and she said Darth Plagueis. Plagueis. Oh, man. <laughs> Darth Crate and Barrel. Yeah. Oh. But, um, it's I think that that's this like introduction of the concept of like you know an immaculate conception into the world of Star Wars it's a weird change on George Lucas's part going into 1999 um because you know like the force has always been sort of like a religious spiritual thing but to make like just an obvious Jesus allegory is so like strange and different i'm curious to like know how you guys one i mean feel about like how did anakin come to be but also like what was the impact of that on like the perception of the force i mean i can say that the jesus allegory is far far more subtle than Zack snyder with superman (laughs) come on man like actually with Zack snyder and everything because he was also Dr. Manhattan, and also these new pictures of Joker as Joker. Jesus. Like, Zack Snyder, not everyone is Jesus. <laughs> uh, Hot take. Everyone is Jesus. Uh, no. <laughs> but um, that being said, it it makes sense to me. <laughs> as if, if that sounds crazy enough. I mean, if, if we start 
uh, putting, you know, breaking apart all the things that we know and, and building them up as, as pieces, uh, we know that life creates the forest. Uh, we know that the people who die in the light side, I mean, the, sorry, we know that everyone who dies basically goes back into the forest. Um, we we know that the ones on the on the dying the light side have and who have the proper training or have had the help can retain their consciousness, but that's a whole different thing. It's the energy field of life, and so if it is, uh, and then one other caveat, and this is going to be a weird concept, but um, in the cosmic force, time doesn't exist. All time is concurrent. Uh, and we kind of see that in the world between worlds. All of these things are happening simultaneously, right? There's no beginning or, or end. So if you can imagine the force, which is, you know, wants to self-correct, um, Anakin being a virgin, the force could absolutely create that. Um, <laughs> the force, yeah, the force could absolutely create life and him being a living virgins in the force kind of makes sense and then especially and I, I imagine like does does anakin know did his mom talk to him about that when uh when sidious told him that plagueis could in, you know and in, induce the metachlorians to create life and it was anakin like oh yeah that makes sense i was born in the force so yeah totally <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I don't know, but as as a concept as a whole, like it, it does make sense. No, the Vader twenty seventeen comic, the last run, does not say that Sidious created Anakin. You you guys read read the whole comic, not yeah. just look at yeah. That's a one frame in isolation. It's like the freaking video of Mark Hamill saying, "Oh, I didn't like what they did with the Last Jedi, Luke." And then they cut it off right there. <laughs> I actually had someone apologize for that today. Ooh. Someone put that video. I stitched it with the rest of the same video. And it came to me. <laughs> oh and my like, god! It's the same interview. <laughs> it was like, people can can people really be this dumb? And then he commented on it. it was like, I I guess so. And then he took down his video. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's it's funny how a lot of people are trying to find Anakin's origin because George Lucas came out rather early and said uh, that'll never be revealed. He will never reveal it. And so, I I believe that Lucasfilm and Disney are at least they don't have the gall enough to betray him even further. <laughs> They're not going to reveal it in a Darth Vader comic. Um, and I think his origin is largely going to remain mysterious and um, ambiguous since, because as Filoni says, the best thing about star Wars is we don't give you everything. The heart of star Wars is speculation and, and uh, interpretation. And so while, there are some hard concepts in Star Wars that Filoni and, and Hidalgo and the story group just hammer into stone, that being Grey Jedi cannot happen. Um, the origin of Anakin and what happens after the rise of Skywalker and what happens in between, if there's no kind of like, there's no like solid answer for you, it's, it's, relatively easy to come up with your own interpretation and so i think it's more beautiful that anakin has a mysterious origin rather than an origin that is known because then it just lends 
credence to the beauty of how in the very end of it all, all of the Skywalkers return to the force because mm. that was in itself a device by the force way back when, because the Jedi had stopped serving it. You know, they were embroiled in the Republic and um, the, the Sith were going to be Sith about it, but um, the force was like, we need, we need someone who's going to hear us again. And so Anakin was that force of nature no pun intended and then <laughs> his and then he bore offspring uh and the offspring you know bore offspring and eventually they led to the end of the story but and this is what what i say to everybody who thinks that that ben solo should have lived um no i understand the desire for that but he was always always destined to come back to the force because uh, that's where those skywalkers belonged i know but like, <laughs> he would have died someday <laughs> um just give me you know a year and the right amount of funding and i will find you an answer as to why anakin exists and how the midichlorians work Oh yeah, the medical. Yeah, the um. In addition to adding a Jesus allegory, um, we also got a simultaneous biology angle from George Lucas in the same movie. Yeah. So, I um, also love it. It's I, uh, it's the science angle. Um, but you know, as in Secrets of the Jedi, Luke says, "I never really cared for midichlorians." <laughs> so then why are they there <laughs> they're, they're there for scientists to poke at and then if they're stuff, there but... to give a religious uh, interpretation and a, and a scientific interpretation but the scientific interpretation makes no sense <laughs> and i will i will that'll be my claim to star wars fame is i will figure it out and i will for everyone in the chat if you don't know i am a biologist that's what i do every day of my life i will find an answer for you and I know you three are probably not going to like it. <laughs> I mean, no, if you find an answer that makes sense, I will like it. Well, it doesn't really matter if we like it, right? We'll still like the video. Now, <laughs> I mean, the concept. So, but would you guys like to know why I personally love it? Ooh. Yeah, give us the midichlorian love. Give us the, the science of the force. Good vibes that we all need. So when it comes to metachlorians, that kind of explains why something like a great Jedi wouldn't be possible. It's because they aren't, you aren't using the force yourself. There's this medium that is talking to the force and that you guys are translating back and forth. It's one step removed. And I think that's very important because that means that you are listening to the force and you are communicating to the force through this medium. Uh, so it, it does a couple of things, you know, kind of by doing that. Um, the first one is when you are on the light side and you are just listening and following what the force is asking of you, it makes sense because it's not a superpower. It's not the thing that you are doing. Uh, but then the opposite is, is true. Um, but sorry, you could probably hear things in the background. I apologize. No, no I fine. like the I like the way that you put it because then that means like you know, if we if we're to accept the premise that uh, the force 
always or the dark side always feeds and is always hungry and it always demands more from you and that means it's always demanding more from your midichlorians and so yes the 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 concept of midichlorians does help in our endeavor to to quash all gray jedi and all notions of eradicating species of midichlorians they're organisms (laughs) we don't know that well, well, but then the, the other side comes in when you're using the dark side and you are using your emotions to actively dominate them and use them to force the force to do things. <laughs> so that that also just kind of makes sense to me that you can use it. It's your ally. It's not something you're directly controlling. You're considering it an ally or you're trying to subject it. Those are the two choices. Also, like Brian with the beard, all your Skywalker belong to us. The Force. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it. Oh, yeah. one last thing that it yes. does too, is it is it makes the Force unique to each life form, um, meaning that it's not something that is directly hereditary. We actually learn in um, in. Ah, the other James Lucino book, Catalyst. Uh, Jen Erso's mom was partially, was lightly force sensitive. Jen is not. Uh, Ray's dad is not force sensitive. Ray is. When Yoda looked at all of the um, clones through the force, they all looked different. You know, it's not something that is, dr- they are connecting to specific life forms. And so it also helps that separation for things being hereditary or not in my opinion right and yeah. i mean i get we've had quirky kenobi was uh force sensitive do we have canon confirmation about that that he was force sensitive or yeah. that he's a kenobi <laughs> don't don't ask Julia okay. christine I, I believe she's in the chat uh, <laughs> don't ask her um no i mean uh oh no what was i gonna say oh no i had a thought now it's gone here, I'll I'll come in with my thought. I think that's really interesting that um, you say because this is news to me that Ray's father was like oh I remember in no oh well, okay uh, I was just gonna say Ray's father uh, isn't force sensitive for sure and that's why he was a failed Palpatine clone yeah yes or is, he was perfect in every way other than the fact that he was that, not force sensitive at all that's and what so, I was gonna bring up you cannot clone force sensitivity that's a discussion that we've had before and that's something that I had to learn because I was like yeah but that's not how it works you can't do it um well but here Luke yeah rip Luke with the T's. <laughs> but here here's the thing though the that that sort clones. of complicates the fact that you know Palpatine claims that Ray not only has power he she has his power she, he sort of you know, um, Im- it implies that the power that she has is hereditary and that even though her father wasn't force sensitive, she is force sensitive because of his power. Yeah. He's, uh, that, I think that that's largely hyperbole. Just I mean, like Sidious saying, I am all the Sith. The Sith don't give a, a hoot about Sidious. Right. They, they killed each other. I mean, I think there is probably, we don't know enough about the frickin' midichlorians to say this, there probably is a level of hereditary, um, you know, there is probably a hereditary aspect, but the difference is, you know, Palpatine cloned himself, versus if he had had a child, perhaps the child would have 
been force sensitive. We don't know. That's, well, that's not the, what happened. That's that's the thing. They were also not clones. They were strand casts. So there were they were vessels that were that were synthetically made. And so because he 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 didn't have force sensitivity, he 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 relegated that one to having birth or going through the natural birthing process and that what created Ray. Uh yeah. So, so there. Okay, but but Snoke was a giant ball sack. Um, <laughs> Is that where the midichlorians are stored? Oh no! I mean, <laughs> no, but but because of that, there are. So what I said before was there's the been an awakening. <laughs> Oh, oh no 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 um so what i said before was the the facts that we know we we've seen force sensitive people give birth to non-force sensitive kids we've seen force sensitive kids be born to non-force sensitive parents um and and the mixtures we you know we've seen that through the force people look different even if they share identical dna right those are the facts now we now once we have those laid out, we can speculate all we want. My personal speculation is that it's more akin to like a genetic mutation than anything else, to where it's not directly hereditary. This is, you know, Gregor Mendel is not involved. You can't like Hunt square me the force right now. <laughs> okay, but wait, it's not it's we... not it's not a recessive gene or, or a dominant gene. But you can inherit but... a genetic mutation. Yes. So, and, and that's, that's my theory is that it is more likely if both parents are force sensitive, but it's not only if they're force sensitive and it is not guaranteed if they're both force sensitive. So you're thinking about like, you're thinking in terms of variability. So the, the mutation itself or the genetic mutation isn't sensitivity at all. It's the proclivity for it. So well, yeah, everybody has metachlorians. So it would be a mutation that activates them. Or and we, but it, at the same time, the amount of metachlorians that you have also plays into it. And then we get even more complicated. I don't know. I just. And then it becomes your awareness of them. And like, you can picture each one as a little door. And then so how open these doors are also plays a role. Um, you know, Ray, who had her her doors are pretty open, uh, but you can also have certain people like Obi Wan, who was a late bloomer, really late bloomer. He had to learn how to open those doors. You know, well, Ray had the dyad, and that's true. I think if we're using Ray, Ray cheated, well, yeah. yeah. If, if we're if Mary we're, Sue if, for sure. If we're using novel novel terms, her door Last. her door Call was a floodgate, right and her floodgates yeah. were open with the dyad. Right. Um, in terms of the metachlorians, I do want to answer Harith, who said um, Lucas said multiple times that there isn't levels in Star Wars, but how come in metachlorians level differently to different Jedi? Um, and I think uh, Chaco is going to hint at this with the door analogy with uh, Luke. I'll, no, no, you, you, you go ahead. You're on a roll. Keep going. <laughs> uh, so in the Rise of Kylo Ren comic, Luke is, he's teaching his students and one of his students is watching Ben be all powerful. And then they're like, 
you know, he, he's, this is unfair. He's more powerful than us. Um, and Luke uh, said, that's not how the force works. So if we're, if we're going to translate midichlorians to some type of analog, analog, analogous form, um, Luke says that everyone has the same potential, the same doorway, right? And the, the amount of midichlorians or, or potential that someone has is just where, how ajar that door is um, at the start. But at the end of it all, through the right training and through the right discipline, everyone's door could be flung wide open. Uh, and if we're talking about Ray, who had who got mind probed, and the dyad was bridged, as the book describes, her floodgates were flung open. Uh, and uh, I've always had this power, but it is awake now. And I'm like, that's she literally <laughs> says it. it. it but it's that doesn't necessarily gauge you know what you're capable of in the force because in into the dark we have you know it describes that you know there are some jedi who aren't as force sensitive they can't do everything Absolutely. that other jedi can do so yes what luke says is true but it, that doesn't necessarily gauge yeah like not everyone can do everything and like yes. Chirrut is a force sensitive who is not a force wielder. And I don't know if that's because he chose not to be a force wielder or because he simply can't be. But I mean, you know, we, we, we've seen levels even without, you know, going into the books. Well, so, but you, but you say levels, but I, I want to kind of, kind of toss a couple things into the mix. Um, my sister, uh, my, my blood sister, is one of the most naturally talented individuals I've ever met in my entire life. Um, doesn't mean she's better than me at, at, at everything, right? Because you can you can learn. Some people can come out of the wound able to hold a tune and able to sing. Doesn't mean someone else can't learn to sing. And just because this person can't sing now doesn't mean that they can't sing later. Um, we find out in the novelization of Rise of Skywalker that like the ability of levitation came naturally to Leia. Luke didn't have it. But Leia was struggling. You know, when Leia found out she had that ability, Luke was training her exactly like Yoda trained him. So Luke has her in a handstand trying to like balance she's like ha struggling with it way more than luke did but then she started levitating and he's like damn it <laughs> <laughs> so you you can say levels but some people have proclivities towards certain things um but also i mean this is exactly why i think the medical coins are important because what we're talking about is how loudly you hear the will of the force that's all. Those are the levels. It's how loudly you, you can communicate to the force, but the ability to command it um, is, is entirely separate than how loudly you can communicate with it. Yeah. And we learn in Into the Dark that, you know, some things like Jedi Mind Trick comes naturally to others as well. If you are a naturally persuasive person or a charismatic person. Mind touch. Yeah. Well, that unless, was in 
that was in light of the jedi yeah i know i just wanted to toss that out but yeah uh but uh, we learned that some people and there's there's some principle here or precedents in and legends uh, i i keep forgetting his name i i, I was it corin horn who 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 was naturally or or gifted with illusions but he had no telekinesis hmm. oh but there, so, so he was like trying to lift something out during luke's jedi school and he's trying to lift something up and everyone is like watching him lift this thing up and then he stops and it didn't move it was still sitting there but everyone was looking up because he had created this illusion that it came up but he has no ability towards actual telekinesis but he's really good at illusions that's a whole thing too sorry continue i didn't mean to cut you off no, no, no. That was that was the crux of my <laughs> what I was gonna say. And Just I mean, different abilities. Yeah, and and there are. I would say that that definitely makes it infinitely more interesting. Um, even in just like the the baseline movies, um, where you know, uh, uh, Kylo Ren, for instance, is like a, a master telepath, and that is different. That is a different approach than we've seen like a lot of, um, than we saw Vader take most of the time. Uh, and, you know, uh, um, Palpatine and his force lightning, whereas, like, Vader doesn't do the force lightning. It, it creates, like, this cool Not variation. everyone has force lightning. Every- yeah, that's my point. Everyone can. It's not a, it's, 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 look, the Millennium Falcon's not, like, this special um, YT-1300 light freighter that requires an ace pilot to pilot and um, force lightning isn't isn't um, noble blood only a force ability even though you know ironically I'm about to cite Count Dooku <laughs> <laughs> even though he's noble uh, he learns it by accident you know Ray does it by accident a lot of people who learn this ability lose control of their emotions right then and there and and it and it's conjured at the very moment now it's argued whether or not vader has ever done it but when he's bleeding his crystal lightning is conjured whether it is conjured from within or conjured from without is what is debatable but still it is not an ability that is exclusive to a club i thought you're gonna say but still it is badass it is. someone it is. once i had a commenter one time tell me that vader could not use force lightning because it would make all of his circuitry explode i mean he's more susceptible susceptible to it um but you know if that were the case return of the jedi would have been a very different ending and didn't well well what do you mean because it, it i i thought the force lightning on his circuitry was more or less what killed him yeah but it didn't explode oh it didn't explode no 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 no, but, no, no. the person said that he couldn't use it because he would explode well the same thing as being struck by it though i don't know it's going I, out I feel like there's probably an electronic or an electric channel that runs through you in some way. I don't know. But um, I, I feel like I've heard something about Palpatine. Gift is flirting. <laughs> um, Palpatine intentionally 
designed the suit so that it would be weak to force lightning to keep Anakin under his heel. Does is, is that me inventing it, or am I am I only no, thinking no, of? No, no. A, a lot of people say this. I actually I hear this on a near daily basis. Um, Vader makes his own suit modifications, and he does it a lot in the comics. So, from a legend's perspective, that is true, but it never made sense. So, in, in legends, uh, Palpatine devised his suit to be weak to lightning so he always had this edge over him but that never made any sense because anakin is great with electronics he would absolutely tinker with his own suit mm -hmm. like why that that's the super out of character for for anakin so in, in canon uh he does modify his his own suit but i mean you still have to contend with physics <laughs> I don't, you know conductivity yeah. right I, I guess, I mean, I, and I guess something that's very similar to that is um, based on, I believe it's the visual dictionary for The Last Jedi, um, you know, Kylo kind of does the, the opposite thing. He, he, there's something similar going on there where he designs his cloak specifically to be electricity dampening, to be more resistant to when Snoke, I mean, you know, based on this, probably often decides to punish him <laughs> physically um, with with force lightning. So it, it's really, I think that um, I would like to see going forward uh, more like man-made adaptations for resistance from like certain force powers in the way that like, you know, there's Ben has his electricity dampening cloak. And um, I think, is this a thing that I also came up with where um, in KOTOR there's like a, a headband you can wear that makes you like immune to Jedi mind tricks or something like that? I don't think it's mind tricks. I think it's when the when the guys like do insanity and make you go. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, that that thing. Um, I I would. I mean, that that was that is just something that would be interesting to see just from like a world building perspective but do you think that that like would be possible with things that are less physical than like electricity i mean there's a, there's a lot of things in in canon that you know short electrical things um cortosis being one of them uh, well i don't know if it's electrical or just had like plasma um i, don't I mean know i don't been... It's been clarified. I, I guess I'm not like seeing where that would be applicable. I mean, you can learn to resist mind tricks. You know, the huts. No, don't work. Um, Martian Row. Oh yeah. Is that a is that a learned resistance or is that a yeah, um, organic? No, I, I think it is a learned resistance. I thought but, that it, the huts were just naturally less less. Uh, no, no. It, uh, yes. That's absolutely true. The huts are naturally less susceptible to it, but there are there is you know ranges there there are certain there are certain species that are less more more likely to be naturally able to resistant like a uh Syrian with two brains um but there's Zephrak also people... resistant to lightning yeah um but it, but there's also people like you know Marshawn Rowe who is such a cool character uh <laughs> I I I I, I love you. Feel He's, left out, Hannah. You do a disservice 
to yourself. <laughs> and he has learned to resist it. And he yeah. talks in the book. I'm not going to say what he says because I want Hannah to read it. But he feels <laughs> that he's being pulled like and, and and so he has learned how to resist it, which is just so cool. Um, so yeah, there's there's different, definitely different ranges of it. Java didn't take it, but uh, um, crap, what's his name? <laughs> Boba, <laughs> Bib Fortuna, Bib Fortuna, Bib Fortuna. I hate him so much. <laughs> his weird flesh-colored leku. No, he, he and he scared, wears like a scarf. He he scared the crap out of me as a <laughs> child, and I remember going in into Walmart when I was little, and there was Bib Fortuna action figures, and I was like, "Oh no, I don't even want to be in this aisle anymore." Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. So uh, obviously, it works on him. Doesn't work on Wado. Wado's not smart, but it also has to do. Sorry, sorry. This is this is being taken from legends, so it could also be not necessarily be true. But certain brains work in more or less complex ways. So the I mean, ability to perceive like, them, real people and species. That's mm-hmm. you know. So I don't know why that wouldn't be true in canon as well. <laughs> no, I I am obligated by my craft to specify when I'm saying my opinion versus what, what, what i know but um i should <laughs> i definitely don't i say luke is gay and you're just going to have to deal with it yeah but you do you, that's like the extent of your lore giving <laughs> luke is gay. <laughs> no i talked about bigger luke that's potential okay, lore sure. anyway <laughs> baby names right <laughs> yeah oh god um uh, but look, I, I, I want to say, though, there's like an, an opening scene in the novelization of The Last Jedi that tells us that Luke isn't gay, but he's probably bi. Who else wears Chanel boots and like struts like, like a boss? I mean, you saw how how theatrical his dad was like there's uh, there's something in that tattooing water you know what i mean like oh man well i have to read the the last jedi book what does it say i i know what you're talking about i just can't remember what it exactly it's almost like an alternate universe dream that he has oh right yeah yeah yeah. okay i remember now yeah i mean i've had dreams where i was married to men i don't really think that means very much never mind (laughs) debunked i'm wrong i'm sorry i apologize (laughs) But um, <laughs> anyway, no, I'm, I'm serious. If if that's a thing, then I am. Wrong. Oh yeah, no, I, I fully had... admit to it. I don't. I don't mind being wrong. I like <laughs> to learn, and being willing to be wrong is part of learning. I think when you're in a world where the expectation is you will marry a man that you know, I would be more likely to have a dream where I marry a man than you would have than you would be to have a dream where you marry a man because that's not the world that we live in. Bingo. Um, I'm like, that's, I've never thought that once, but, <laughs> you know. But anyway, actually, well, I, I know that that dream is probably meant to be taken as like a dream dream, but I want to talk about force dreams and prophetic dreams and that kind of stuff. Um, because I have never been totally sure 
when to think that something was a prophetic dream and when not to. And that's probably, you know, the Jedi have to differentiate as well. But like, am I missing telltale signs when... I mean, I when was I under should... the impression that Jedi could not have real dreams, but I don't know if that's true. That's not true. Somebody told me that they were lying. What you're saying is vaguely familiar, but I couldn't tell you where it's from. And so yeah, it's no, not something I have to wear with all the speak on. Jedi did not dream. They just had prophecies. Um, I don't believe it's canon, though. That maybe was considered at a time i don't know but i i think that because it's changed so much that it's entirely possible that at one point it was like the rule of law that jedi could only have prophetic dreams because i believe that's more or less all that we see in like the the main pieces of media am i right well also i, I would like to put something else out there as a disclaimer uh before we dive deep into this is that um the expanded universe legends as it's now known, was never canon, and it was never intended to be canon. When when the Heir to the Jedi trilogy was released in the 90s, it had a paragraph at the beginning saying, hey guys, this is not canon. It is not intended to be canon. Um, <laughs> Dave Filoni has an interview where he tells everyone, oh yeah, when, when they said there was going to be a different canon, it didn't affect me at all because <laughs> I never thought any of that stuff was canon. That, that's, a, that's a thing. So I just want to throw that out there. You going to throw that video up soon? I wanted to distance it from... Because I was going to do it as a reply, but sometimes I make replies that are too devastating to people. <laughs> <laughs> so it's been a thing. Um, so I, this is a this is a really, I guess, um, contentious subject because you know it, it really is up for interpretation. Now the the what happens to Anakin in in the apartment in. Uh, revenge of the sith is that prophetic or is that just a dream was did he just have a nightmare or is that a vision that he is that he just you know resolves to avoid um some people would say hey that's just a dream no he just had a bad nightmare um but of course given how relevant it was to his situation some people might call that prophetic uh but um I think my I think my hard stance on on prophetic visions is always in motion. motion the future the is. future is. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I assume that that you know because we do have free will under the force, um, in you know from canonically or whatever. Um, but it, it is also like I guess how do you differentiate between like the hey, this is what's going to happen when you stay, if you stay on cur the current path versus like, this is something that could happen if you change your path to do something else, you know? Well, that, that, I do good. have an answer to that. Oh. And the answer is yes. <laughs> All of the above. <laughs> I mean, in, in that's the nature of, of the visions, you know, that's the nature of the, the quote always in motion. The future is, and he does say, decide how to act on it. You must. And not acting on it is probably the best course of action. Right. But you can never know. 
Yeah. Okay. I mean, so, 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 look, 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 we'll just throw throw this at, at you guys. Um, Anakin saw visions of Padme dying in childbirth, so he did everything he can to prevent that from happening. If he did not try to prevent it from happening, what would have happened? I don't know. I mean, I'd this is why probably not that. Well, we don't know <laughs> that we don't necessarily know, but you know, and this is from legends. This is this is not a canon thing, but in the book Revan, which I bring up all the time, Scourge has a vision, and he doesn't tell. He has his vision that they're all gonna die trying to kill Vishian. And he goes to Revan, who has told him about visions, because Sith don't have them very often, and he says, is this, you know, he doesn't say what the vision is, because he doesn't want him to know that he envisioned them all dying, but he basically says, okay, you've taught me about this, is this what's going to happen? And Revan says, no, this is just a possibility of what might happen, you know, it's one of many things that could occur. Now, he Scourge doesn't want to take his chances and he decides that he's going to do, you know, he's here, he kind of does an Anakin and he doesn't want that to happen. So he kills Mitra and becomes Vitiate's like right hand. And that's how he thinks he's going to get away from this prophecy he's had. But I kind of like that depiction because it's never certain. But absolutely. They, if Revan hadn't saved Mitra, he could have killed uh, Vitiate. Yeah. And there's also that the idea there's... of the, the self-fulfilling prophecy where, you know, just by nature of like having it suggested to you, um, you know, Anakin with the, um, the Padme thing is one example, but by nature of having it suggested it to you and because of what happens um, from that, there, then it does happen. And that trope is like as old as time, you know, that is, I mean, that's what happens in Macbeth. And that's what happens in, I, I believe there's like a Hercules, one of the Hercules stories has that as a feature or some other like ancient Greek myth. Um, yeah, yeah. Because old as Skywalker. <laughs> be, be, because in, in Lion King, uh, Zazu says he would use Scar as a throw rug and in Hercules he does. Yeah, oh. that's prophetic, right? Yeah, a little mm. bit, a little bit. <laughs> but that that's, that that's the whole thing, right? The only certainty in life is uncertainty. But... Uh, mm-hmm you know the self-fulfilling prophecy is a huge part of star wars uh anakin couldn't avoid it luke couldn't avoid it leia couldn't avoid it you know visions of destruction and he tries even though he stops himself he tries to stop it he's the one that creates it Uh, also kylo couldn't avoid it i mean he saw ray joining him although he was right from a certain point of view yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and Leia Leia ended her she saw the death of her son at the end of her Jedi path so she stopped training and she uh, essentially averted that I mean obviously her son her son still died yes but it wasn't like no, no, no. that vision came true Ben you... died when she ended her training and became Kylo Ren. That was that was oh. the death of her son that she was trying to avoid. I see. I thought you meant like uh, you could say that. I mean, well, that's the thing about decide how to act on it. You must right because the the vision that she saw was in fact the death of her son at the true end of her Jedi path when she 
dies and Ben dies and what we see. And then but she becomes she, a forest. I mean, yeah, goes into the forest. But she acted on this vision and caused the death of her son at the end of this Jedi path when she stopped her training. And, you know, such as the tale as old as Skywalker. They all try to avoid a certain vision and end up bringing about said vision in... Uh, well, hold on. At the end of her Jedi path. Uh, oh, I see. She ended her Jedi path. I was missing that. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I see. Um, but, okay. We, the, we started this conversation with this idea that the Jedi just, you know, let follow the Force's will. But isn't that, if they have a vision and they're trying to stop it, isn't that not doing <laughs> and I think that that's that's why the characters that we see do that it, yes. it results in darkness when they do that, right? I mean, that's how you well, know the Skywalkers. I mean, yes, I mean Leia didn't fall to the dark side though. But you know, her trying to mess with this this vision did you know? I mean, in some manner of speaking, result in Kylo, which is you know dark side and. Um, Anakin trying to mess with his vision resulted in Vader and I, I I mean I don't know if I have another example but it, it does I think it, I think it fits you know the Jedi just because a person is the Jedi does not mean they're always going to make the right decision obviously um and so it's like a uh, because they did do that like you know, trying to grab the wheel of the force and do a hard U-turn um, that, you know, the, the resulting darkness appeared, whether it was their darkness or not. Um, I just, I just think that uh, the, the, the visions, they're, they're not, they're not a result of the force or they're not the will of the force. I think it's, it, it's a, it's a mixing of factors that, you know, the person themselves are conjuring up. Uh, that's my take on it, at least. It's a, it's a problem with trying to predict the future. I mean, if you try to avoid that future, you run the risk of causing it. There's no way you can know. And that's why the Jedi are literally like, ignore those. It's not going to help you. <laughs> I promise. You know, that's... Uh, if and, and so that's that's why so that's what oh i was just gonna say so are force visions a product of the dark side no no it's just it's just a, a product of, of the force itself you you have this information you can choose what to do with it but there's a chance that you'll cause it well and then i would say that your actions are what are following the force vision are what are conducive to the lighter dark side. So in, in Revenge of the Sith, Anakin goes to Yoda and says, I'm having visions of someone dying. Doesn't tell Yoda what's going on <laughs> at all, but he's like someone and they're in trouble or whatever. And he's like, do you care about this person? Yes. It's like, okay, well, you know, rejoice in, in their, in their life and, you know, like death is, is part of the forest. Death of death is a part of life. He basically tells him to move on. Now, I hear very mixed 
feelings on this of like, no, he was wrong to tell him to, to move on from the woman he loved. I, I'm not sure if that's true. He wanted to rejoice in, in her life and understand and accept the, the, her death, not fall to the dark side to bend reality to your whims to try and control life and death and and by doing so cause the darkness and death of and destruction of most of the galaxy you know so i i, I don't know there's there's both both sides are at play rejoice Sorry. for those who transform into the force and considering that the force is the energy field created by life and it makes sense that the jedi would understand that death is a part of that cycle and not try to circumvent it that's all i'm saying one question i have in terms of life and death in the force when ray dies in the rise of skywalker she died a jedi very much so i would say and yet she does not become a force ghost she does not her her body does not disappear she's still there was she not all the way dead or was it like the the yes you know dyad's presence keeping her not all the way dead okay so i mean obviously we can't really glean this from just looking at her body on the ground uh the the novel does say that she has a tiny spark left in her and Ben sees this, and so the force hasn't taken her yet. Yeah, mm. so he's hurrying to do this before the force takes her. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. That yeah, that was. I, I was like, there's, there's got to be a, a reason she didn't disappear. And then would that be the same thing as like, you know, Leia doesn't fade until Ben has also faded. Um, I, would that be that she also wasn't all the way dead or would or I, I like and then why is everyone saying that they've felt her life disappear or that she she's gone I guess I'm just a little confused about the schematics of those deaths Brain dead. to me that is it is confusing uh, as well um, but that's how we Star can Wars. And so that's that's what I try. So that's why there's some certain questions people ask me that I don't answer because I don't know. I'll give you the the rocks, the solid pieces that we we do know from canon, and then we can speculate the the other stuff. So I couldn't tell you exactly about about Leia's death, but I can speculate. My speculation was her seemingly prophetic vision the end of her Jedi path. Like, she, she died, but she didn't become one with the Force until Ben did. I I think, I mean, I, I do believe there's a connection there. I haven't fully sussed it out, and so I'm not going to make a video on it, because I don't have the full wherewithal, and I... You can make theories, Chaco. You can make theories. I, I can make theories. I'll, I'll have to do a big old, like, word box in the upper left corner that says theory. Uh, but Just put it on your face. Yeah. But yeah, I guess that that's, that's sort of the beauty of the Force, is that it is in some ways inherently mysterious. And maybe going forward, we'll learn more about it. But 
in part due to the fact that it's not real and in part due to the fact that no single person can harness all of that knowledge in Star Wars. You know, maybe we'll never understand it. As much as I would like to explain it scientifically, I am resorted to the fact that I I cannot. It is inherently spiritual and mysterious, and it probably would not be... We wouldn't be having an entire podcast on it if it wasn't. Because if we had concrete answers... Inherently, I theorycraft, so my theory is the Simil Futuris, I think Leia used it. I mean, mm-hmm. of course she called out to Ben, but Ben turned around. What is he looking at? He's looking at Leia. So that very act uh, alone, and this is a theory, um, tired her out, made her very, very, like, she, she was spent but it didn't really take her. And I think that she was also um, connecting with Ben on a cerebral level and caused the memory of Han to come forth. And Leia is with Ben from that moment all the way to saving Ray, And that's why when ben dies she goes too because you know she's kind of like latched on there's no canonicity to this is my theory she projected and then she connected with ben and stayed with him and um that so spiritually she's on his back just like yoda was on loose <laughs> that exactly does that satisfy your longing for her to have been the conversation Hannah and i were talking about this other, the other day because i had been discussing this with people about why the importance of han this is now a discussion of things that happen in star wars um but i i was talking to someone about why i felt that han's presence quote-unquote at the end of rise of skywalker was a really important scene for ben to have because his you know it it was full circle he needed to accept not forgive himself but accept what had happened in order for him to make his transition back to the light and hannah had said well i wish it was leia and obviously it couldn't have been leia because of carrie fisher's passing but i don't know does that put it in different context for you hannah in some ways, yes, if she was behind the scenes of this. But also, I think that him reconciling with his actual mother and being forgiven by the person who loved Han the most out of anyone in the world would have had a weight of its own. Yeah, I also think that the Han scene was him reconciling with the light side version of that scene. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of... There's a lot of uh, versions of of scenes and in the the sequels there's the reactor scene with him killing han and then there's the there's the light side version of that scene on the death star but then there's multiple versions of how that night with luke uh played out um so it's interesting to think about whether or not like you know not whether or not but how um the dark side can twist how you see things like literally how you see things so it's not just like it's clouded your your ability to judge a situation it perhaps ben did see that he did see a vengeful luke standing and standing above him 
Um, and it's not just his, his dark side version of events, but what he actually saw, the, 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 the dark side vision of his uncle just being, you need to die. And, um, and then, of course, Luke had this... I don't think Luke kind of like had a, like a light side version. He was just, you know, glossing over things and embellishing a little bit here and there. Um, but it's an interesting thing to, to think mean, about. Can you blame Ben? If I woke up to my like family member hovering over me with a de deadly weapon, like. Yes. I, I would have asked what's okay, up. Okay, but, but. <laughs> Because he did, I mean, in the real version, at least what we know of the, as the real version, he was looking at his lightsaber. And then when he looked back, he looked remorseful. He didn't look like, Ugh. he didn't have that look. So if I woke up to that and he was like, I'll be like, you all right? <laughs> I don't know. Because I wasn't, I wasn't suffering from the dark side as Kylo was. So I can't comment on that. <laughs> Well, I think that this has been a very productive discussion on a lot of like really fascinating facets of the force. Um, I would love it if we could all go around and I guess say something about like, if you had to pick a favorite aspect or at least like one of the more memorable aspects of the force that you, that, you know, personally resonates with you, like in brief, um, that what would that be? Because to me, I think that um, it would be like the the sort of the um, inner workings of the mind type areas where it, it's like the psychology of how one you know um, becomes in comes into the dark side of the force and how uh, like one's mental state causes them to to act and react um, in different ways, like we've said, and how that that sort of has such repercussions as it does in life, but also in like their very being and connection to this all encompassing life force. Um, but I don't know, if you, if you just had to pick like one facet, what would it be? That's a thinker. We love to end our podcast with a thinker. <laughs> kind of a theme we got going on uh i guess i'll give chaco some time to some more time to think i i'll probably go with the my favorite aspect of the force is just its ubiquity um and by proxy the world between worlds how extemporal it is and what that what the implications behind such a machine or such a device um and also how it enables like force ghosts which is less about eternal life and going on it's more about giving me my favorite moments which is um yoda coming back in, in the last jedi and he's like <laughs> you know oh skywalker <laughs> always to the horizon you know, um still still speaking in abstraction but also <laughs> still teaching lessons so the larger concept of the world between worlds and the ubiquity of the force itself leading to persistence 
I mean, I'm going to say it makes perfect sense that you would say exactly what I was going to say, but that's totally cool. <laughs> that is I mean, why this is the double dyad episode. <laughs> but um, I, 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 I guess also, I mean, because he was essentially speaking of the relationship between cosmic and living force. Um, I will also speak on the exact same thing, just differently, or at least a- attempt to. Um, but the the fact that we are able to draw this weird relationship between suggestion and fate no one is fated to do anything but but the, the cosmic force is saying hey <laughs> if, if you don't want reality to die we should probably do this um, <laughs> And you know, it, and it, it, it'll poke and prod. And if the person that's poking and prodding doesn't listen, it'll poke and prod another person. If that person doesn't listen, it'll poke and prod another person. Darkness, and the light rises to meet it. Uh, and just just the the concept of the preservation of. The circle of life, I think, is 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 fascinating. I mean, it, it really does take me back into the Lion King. Um, everything we touch, <laughs> everything the light touches, is our kingdom. Uh, what's that shadow you bet over there? Like, oh yeah, that's that's Korriban. Uh, <laughs> 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 uh, you know, uh, but I, I I do like this this concept where George Lucas was. V- he did a lot of work going into ancient mythologies from around the globe, as well as um, the different types of stories that are coming of age stories, the stories that have t- stole, uh, t- stood the test of time, and trying to be able to marry all of those to one cohesive concept and the successful nature with which he has done so, where he's been able to blend um, fate with choice and destiny with with decision with rising to the occasion um and overcoming obstacles and i think it's just fascinating and sawyer do you want to give us a good one to wrap us up i don't know i thought i had an answer and then these two went i don't know if i have anything like intelligent well i just said psychology and (laughs) oh god um I mean, I guess you did say psychology. I guess that sort of goes along with what I was going to say. I mean, I, yeah, the force flows through everyone and everything. And I think something that really draws me to, or makes me so fascinated with it is that every living being, even if they aren't, you know, even if they don't have the ability to command it, they, I guess there's a few deniers, but, um, they see the force differently. It, I mean, even different cultures call it something different. Everyone sees this universal thing differently and that helps guide them in whatever their path is. Um, and I think that that might be my favorite thing about it. Um, we see that a lot. Um, it, we see descriptions of that. Um, we've started to see descriptions of that. Um, Light of the Jedi comes to mind. We, we learn how these different Jedi feel and perceive the force um and 
you know, I, I, I imagine we'll get more of that. And I just think that that speaks to its, you know, mystique. Um, but also just, just really this idea, you know, going back to the very beginning of this conversation, it exists and it's not meant to be tampered with as the Sith, you know, use it um, in such a way. Um, and I think that observing that through each, every, like each and every individual being is a really um, beautiful concept. Well, with that, thank you guys so, so much for being on the podcast today. Um, we really appreciate it. If you would just give us one more time uh, where uh, anyone who's watching, listening can find you. They want to hear more of your beautiful, beautiful philosophies. Yeah, come on. on, there's what, 15 people in the chat. If you guys aren't, what are you doing? Like, I, I guarantee <laughs> you every single one of these people already follow you. But if you're not, what's wrong with you? <laughs> so you can find me on OnlyFans. No, I'm, oh, I'm kidding. Um, you can find me at Sawyerism and at Discount Bocatan. Um, oh yeah. Follow these lovely ladies. Um, I think uh, you know they we've done been found. So okay. uh, I mean, if not, well, I mean, for we're anyone still who's going to put your stuff in the, the edited version, of course, but. Jeez! Yeah. All right, I try to I try to do a good thing. All right. No, well, no, 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 no. But but just just. I mean, they where, have wherever more than we do, so they're. <laughs> I'm well, just I trying mean, to be equitable. You, you can you can always you know look up uh, Element Seven and Darth Chocolate um, or Element or uh, Element Style and Darth Chocolate. Uh, you'll you'll probably find uh, either of us or both, but more importantly wherever you find positive oh, yeah. force uh, well positive star wars content people who are, are willing to to listen to talk to have a like a, a a conversation people who don't put anyone else down for what they like or enjoy and who wants to, to just better this community um wherever you find that that is where we are it's like the, the wind I feel serious, and I like it. If there ever were to be everywhere the light space, touches, it is the diet in the force. Um, <laughs> true. Um, no, if there ever was a positive space to be a Star Wars fan, it was created by these two men here, right here. Um, and I am honored to call both of you my dear friends, and that you came on this podcast with us. Um, but the both of you have done so much for this community, and uh, it is truly, it really is an honor to be in the same space as you even though we can't be in the same space like actually yet eventually we'll get there <laughs> well thank you for having us um and thank you for saying that but we 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 shan't take credit for something that already existed what we did or what we continue to do is shed light on it and allow it to you know proliferate as it should rather than letting the dark side keep it contained in its bubble um and you know i don't want to you know get into drama right now but th there's you know today there's been a few people who have suffered from the dark side trying to suppress it and abuse tools which are normally used to keep bad things from other people and they used it to suppress someone who was just trying to express 
their fandom. And so we can't let the dark side rule the platform and we can't let their voices drown out ours. So thank you for having us. Um, but positivity always existed. Let's just, we're just here to lift it up. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> sorry, the diet persists. Um, follow uh, R2She2 on, yes. on TikTok. Um, yes. That's the letter R. The word two is in the number T W O. She as in, you know, the pronoun. <laughs> Uh, and then two again as T W O. So R two, she two. Uh, she was very unfairly treated by the worst parts of our fandom, and so we we lift each other up. Um, there are more of us. The, the, they they win by making us think we're alone, but there's more of us. The force is our ally, and it always will be. For All life, right for life. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, thank you so much for joining us on this special episode. We will, of course, be back next week uh, for yet another adventure. Um, but yeah, uh, we'll, we'll see you guys next time. Thank you so much. And may the force be with you. May the force be with you.